Hello, it's good to have you with us as we continue through Mark's Gospel. By the time you watch this, we'll be well into lockdown 3.0, and I hope you're doing well. I do believe that looking at Jesus together at a time like this is something that's really helpful. The Bible is a message of hope, a message from God for people living in a broken world. And that's where we are today. Hopefully through this journey through Mark is an encouragement to you at this time. If you're a sports fan, you'll know the hype of a big new signing. The player arrives with a massive reputation. They're billed as the man or the woman who will take the club to the next level and secure the prizes that everyone wants. Let's be honest, sometimes it works out. The hype is justified and they become a legend of the game. Yet that's not always the case. Often the potential remains just that, potential. Injuries might come, they don't fit with the system, they don't settle in their new location or with their new team. They promised much, but in the end it's all a bit of a flop. Is that what happens with Jesus? As we've gone through Mark's Gospel, we've seen the claim that Jesus is the Son of God. He is God's chosen King who will bring in God's kingdom, a kingdom of hope, joy, peace and great blessing. Over and over, we've then been confronted with the proof of this claim, the clarity of the miracles and his authority over all things. In chapter 8 and verse 29, Peter makes this huge statement. You are the Messiah. These are words of hope and filled with expectation. But then Jesus seems to ruin it all with talk of the cross, with talk of his rejection, with talk of his death. It's like some great balloon has been burst. All the wind drops completely out of Peter's sails. So is Jesus just some big flop? He arrives with promise, but it all slowly dribbles away as he walks out to the cross. Today, we're going to look at Mark chapter 9 and verses 1 to 13. It's an incident in Jesus' life which is called the transfiguration, because it's a time when Jesus is transfigured. His appearance is physically changed in front of his disciples. What does it mean, though? Well, sitting here at this point in Mark's gospel, it is a clear statement that the cross is not a moment where the hope of Jesus fizzles out of existence. Instead, it's a necessary step that's going to be taken by the King of Kings. We see that first in verse one. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. Although Jesus was going to the cross, his kingdom is not a kingdom of weakness, but one of power. Six days later, some of the disciples would see that with their own eyes. Jesus takes Peter, James and John to the top of a mountain. There Mark tells us Jesus was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. I remember one famous washing powder brand using the slogan, whiter than white. Well, this truly was whiter than white. Imagine being there. One moment you see Jesus as just an ordinary person, then the curtains are pulled back and you see the light of his glory and the wonder of the Son of God. Next, Mark tells us of three conversations that took place. The first is between Jesus and two pivotal figures from the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah. We don't know what they said, we just know they talked. 
The second is a blustering attempt by Peter to get a handle on the situation. He offers to make three tents, one for each of them. I don't know where he was going to get the materials or why he felt Jesus, Moses or Elijah needed them. In his fear, it was all he could think of to say. Then, most importantly, in verse 7, God speaks from heaven. Mark tells us, Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. As we look ahead to Jesus walking out of Jerusalem with a cross on his back, he is not a helpless character who's been caught in a trap. It is not the walk of failure. This is the son of God, the king of authority. If he goes to the cross, it's because he intends to. It's part of his plan. After God speaks, everything seems to return to normal. I wonder whether the disciples look at each other and quietly say, did you see that? Did it really happen? Jesus tells them to keep what they've seen to themselves. But it's not a never ending request. It's only until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The disciples were hearing that Jesus would die on the cross, but that's not the full picture. Jesus also told them he would rise from the dead, but in their confusion, they didn't get it. Verse 10 tells us they kept the matter to themselves discussing what rising from the dead meant. Is the cross a moment of failure? Is it the point where the hope of Jesus is snuffed out and he becomes merely an historical figure who did some good things and taught some interesting lessons? No, the Bible presents the cross as a step on a journey that ends in glory. Glory for Jesus and for all who trust in him. From this point in Mark, the focus shifts more and more towards the cross, as Jesus heads towards Jerusalem for one final time. How will you view it? How will you look at the cross? As an act of hope and sacrifice, as the Son of God dies for this world? Or as an embarrassment and a waste? Well, I hope you can join us next time as we continue on this journey through Mark's Gospel. We'll be looking at what happens when Jesus, Peter, James and John get to the bottom of the mountain. As always, if you want to be notified when the next episode comes out, do follow us on Facebook or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or you can pick up the audio as a podcast on Apple or Spotify. Hopefully, see you next time.